Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Flyers podcast for Tuesday, January 11th, your daily dose of Flyers news analysis and high quality content that is kind of looking forward to this game tonight. I got to say, this is like a put up or shut up time. And I, I think that the gauntlet has been thrown. Can I give enough cliches? But um... yeah, you, You're doing good. I, I do like these games that sort of are a measuring stick. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Flyers so you can keep up to date on all of the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. On today's show, we are going to catch up on all of the ups and downs from Flyers practice yesterday. Then we are going to preview tonight's matchup against the Carolina Hurricanes, and we'll do our weekly Phantoms check-in. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. So subscribe and you will get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Sports Network. All right, Russ. So there was good news and there was bad news and there was baby news yesterday. (laughs) So the good news was that we uh, got Travis Sanheim back off the COVID list. The I don't know part of it was that he left practice early. Yeah, which again, in this era, you just don't know what to expect from that. And that's that leaves you with that uneasy feeling like, what's going to happen tomorrow? Is the rug going to get pulled out? Like, you just don't know. Honestly, it's just a giant question mark. Uh, As of recording, we don't know what that situation is, but hopefully he can slot back into the lineup tonight because another defenseman, Justin Braun, was added to the COVID list, Mm -hmm. which is just like, that is actually, I think, a big blow because he has been, you know, playing pretty solidly. Now, he was the guy that spoke up recently about needing, you know, more leadership in the room. So I don't know. Oh, I do have an update on Sandheim. Um, Okay. Jordan Hall said he, it was planned. He would only be at practice partly uh, because they didn't want to overwork him. So he's good. Ah, good. That was a late breaking news in the middle of our recording. (laughs) (laughs) Always digging. Always. All right. Uh, Yeah, so getting back to Justin Braun, I think that he has been such a a calming presence, I think, for the blue line in as much as there can be at this point. But again, you know, he had made those comments recently, so maybe it's good for him to step away for a few days. What do you think? I, I think it is good for him to step away for a few days. I think it'll give him a chance to reset. The Flyers need him desperately, uh, but... You know, it is what it is right now. Uh, they, they're they just going to have to do with what they can with the pairings they have, you know, against best team in the division. Oh, well, yeah. To make matters even more interesting, uh, we did not know as of yesterday about Claude Giroux, Ivan Provorov, and Travis Konechny. Uh, we were still awaiting the final test results, so that throws a big wrench into, you know, what lines you could 
even put together for tonight. Yeah, lines, pairings, you know, what you always could do is uh, put their names on, you know, construction paper, cut it up, put it in a hat, shake it around once you know. It's always a good way. Billy Martin did that once with the Yankees. He did a full lineup that way. I think, you know, everybody should do that in hockey once. (laughs) Well, I think, you know, from the pared down lineup that we had against San Jose, there's only one line that I think would or could remain intact, and that's the (laughs) Farabee-Lawton-Atkinson line. Yeah. I think everything, everything else could be blown up. Yeah, and and that was a fairly effective line. So, yeah, if that line's together, yeah, I'll tell you, it's such a warped sense of reality. Like, I would have flags, red flags, any kind of flag you're talking about, having Scott Lawton as the 1C and Kevin Hayes as the 2C. But with everything that's going on, the way it is, the way this whole year has been, it's like, yeah, that seems right. I know. It, it's the... um the bar has been lowered and our com- our sense of reality is completely out the window. It is. But I think, you know, it, it's the case for everybody. So yes. I think that, you know, since all of us are in this, in the same circumstances, it feels less dire in some ways <laughs> and more dire in others. We're all on this big blue marble together. <laughs> we are. Um, we did also learn that Sean Couturier is still hurt and won't be back this week, which is, I think, one of the biggest problems going into a week like this of games. We talked about it on yesterday's show with, you know, three super strong opponents and having Sean Couturier sure would have helped. Yeah. And you're going up against guys like Trocek and Aho, and they're strong down the middle. It's going to hurt. No question about it. Also hurt is Patrick Brown. He had a lower body injury in that Sharks game. Um, I think the big good news out of the day was that JVR's wife had their second child. So congratulations. Yep, congrats. That's always good news. Yeah, we're going to hold on to that as the good news of the day. (laughs) I did also want to talk a little bit about Morgan Frost because there was, I think, a little bit of a back and forth in the post-practice press conferences about him where Mike Yo made some comments initially that uh, Morgan showed real strong first couple of games and then have sort of been a little bit less consistent since then and then Morgan Frost said yeah I buy that you know there's some things I can improve but he's kind of a self-depreciating guy Um, Mm -hmm. Kevin Hayes did go to bat for him uh, since he was sitting next to him at the presser to some degree but what was your take on those comments and where do you think Morgan Frost really is at you know I I think his overall game is actually pretty good I don't have a a problem with a lot of his shifts. I think he's been passing the puck well. Maybe a little too much. Maybe there are some times where he should shoot. And that does happen, you know, when a player comes up and they're not fully confident yet in the NHL. So if he if he shot a little more, I think we would um we'd feel better about that. But his speed's been good. You know, he hasn't really I don't think he's hurt him. I just think that if you expected him to come up and carry this team on his back and He's not that guy yet. He does have all of this talent. 
and he does have all of these tools. But all different players are on different schedules when it comes to when it's going to emerge. And so just because we may talk about Seth Jarvis on Carolina, it's emerged sooner, it doesn't mean it's never going to emerge for Morgan Frost. It just it comes when it comes. And that's that's the part I think you know fans have to understand. I, I know the, the team does, but I don't think the fans always understand it. I think the expectations were super high again for him. You know, there's always been a question with him with his size, right? And you've seen in his play that the effort is there. And sometimes he's just like out muscled or, you know, somebody bigger than him gets the puck when, yeah. when he doesn't. And that's something that he's going to have to figure out a little bit better how to do puck management and how to win those battles given uh, his size at the NHL level, which I think is only natural to be fair to him. And I think that's the thing that I've noticed in terms of weaknesses out there. But other than that, I think you're right that he has, you know, shown his acuity out there. And I think he's trying to make really smart plays. So I've appreciated his work thus far. And I think he has earned a right to stay at this level. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he's got more points than the fourth line guys in fewer games. He's only a couple away from Kevin Hayes, and although we know that Kevin Hayes has you know, still got lingering issues, and same with Oscar Lindblom. We know he started off ice cold, but you know, point-wise, he's in line with those guys right now. I'm not saying that's an excuse, but I'm just saying right now, 16 games into this season for him, that's where he's at. Maybe the next 16 will be a lot better. Let's hope it starts tonight against Carolina, who will be Mm -hmm. the team we talk about next. Got beard? Get primal. You heard me, right? Got beard? Get primal. If you or someone you care about has a beard, it needs to get primal. Maybe you're that guy who has never considered the benefits of treating your beard with product. Primal Origin Oils will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. Their goal is to help others look good and live healthier lives through the use of natural oils. The products are free from harmful synthetic ingredients and with low impact on our planet, Primal Origin Oils are renowned as the best feel-in beard products available. All products are fair trade certified and handcrafted in the USA. The combo kits make a great gift and if you're shopping for yourself, you'll be glad you did. Most companies focus on fragrance first and that leads to a product that doesn't feel good on the skin. We took a step back and focused on the ingredients first to ensure a product that feels great and still smells fantastic. We know that every company claims to have the best, but Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare the ingredients and feel in beer to the other companies you've used. We promise you will see and feel the difference. Remember the code locked on gets you 20% off at primaloriginoils.com. Use the code locked on at checkout for 20% off. Once again, thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all of your podcasting platforms. All right, so we are facing the juggernaut that is the Carolina Hurricanes in tonight's matchup. Most recently, the Canes had won five games in a row, including that remarkable New Year's Day comeback. They had been down four to nothing to Columbus and wound up winning that game seven to four, which is, you know, textbook resiliency, right? Oh, yeah. Which is kind of the opposite of what we've been talking about with the Flyers. 
But their most recent game, they did lose in overtime to the Florida Panthers, also a a hot team. They did manage to come back in that game as well, um, albeit unsuccessfully when it came to the overtime. But I think the main reason why they struggled in that game initially is because of the big personnel issue that they're facing right now, which is goaltending. Uh, Alex Mm -hmm. Lyon was in net for Carolina. Uh, He had stopped 33 shots, but he had a rough start to that game. Yeah, and and some fans were like getting picky, like, he's never going to be a starter in the NHL. He's only a backup. No. Well, yeah, of course. Exactly. What was he ever going to be? Yeah, I mean, we're expecting to see Freddie Anderson in that, who's been playing pretty well, but they're kind of hurting goaltending-wise down the system. Yeah, they are, no question about it. And again, if they are facing Anderson, though, Anderson's been good, and he's good in the regular season, so no easy task to try and beat him. Right now, the... Chicago Wolves, their AHL affiliate, both of their goaltenders have been hurt. Uh, Auntie Ranta is hurt. Uh, He had actually been scheduled to play that game versus the Panthers, but had to withdraw pretty last minute due to an injury. And that's why Alex Lyon got the start. And, Mm -hmm. And I think in a pretty surprising move, they wound up signing one of their prospects, Jack LaFontaine, who was a the goalie for the University of Minnesota mid-season NCAA uh, to a one-year ELC, and now he's on their taxi squad. But he could potentially get an NHL start coming up soon. He could. I can't remember the last time this has happened. And LaFontaine's a really good goalie. Like, he won the Mike Richter Award. He's a big guy. He covers the net well. He was the captain at Minnesota. He wore the A the year before. So he's he is a leader. I've seen it. I've seen him live. I, I like him. I think he um is hard to play against because he doesn't show a lot of net and he doesn't take a lot of chances. I don't think he's like athletically gifted to that degree, but I, I think he's a, a really good goalie though. And so even at the NHL level with the rock solid defense that the Hurricanes have, I think he could uh, be very effective. Like I said, I think we will be seeing Freddie Anderson, but I would not be surprised to see Jack LaFontaine in the backup slot. Right. Same here. And it's good for him. He gets NHL pay. He he had to make the decision way to, to leave school early. When that happens, though, they always have the opportunity to go back and finish. And he's probably that kind of guy that will go back and finish and get his degree. Uh, Carolina, as far as I'm aware, does not have anybody on the COVID protocol list, which good for them. Bad for That's the insane. Flyers. I know. What is life like that like? Yeah, well, the Flyers did know that life for a little bit. So uh, I think it, it's pretty cyclical. We talked a little bit on yesterday's show when we we're talking about the week ahead overall that one of the things that Carolina is very good at is shot suppression. And they are, in fact, number one in the NHL, uh, having the lowest shots against per 60. And on the other side of things, they have tremendous depth in their scoring, where they're fourth in the NHL in expected goal percentage. Flyers are the third worst, by the way. And so it's a deadly combination. It is. I think with Carolina, you can't expect to win if you're going to dump and chase it in and hope to get the puck back, because you're not. Most times you're not going to get the puck back. You are going to have to 
go and have the puck carry it into their end with a plan. You got to spread guys out. You got to make a few passes. That's the only way. You're going to have to get them moving, and guys have to keep moving, keep rotating. Sometimes the Flyers can get stagnant. Sometimes the Flyers have like three guys on one side. You don't want to do that against this team. Bad things will happen. No, and that's something that I've noticed with the Flyers recently is that sometimes they get caught on one side of the ice, yes. leaving a guy open on the other side, especially when they're in their defensive zone and it's somebody backdoor. Um, I, I, I've seen that quite a bit recently for the Flyers, and that's just not going to cut it against a team like this, who not only is is good in that way, but also they do a really good job of moving around and, and creating open lanes for themselves. They do. Yeah, communication's big on that for defense. Like, they've got to be communicating and knowing who is covering for the back door because they have a lot of guys that'll try it. I mean, Svechnikov will, you know, I call he'll it the He'll try Svech, anything. <laughs> but he'll try anything. Yeah, he will, and he can do it. And he will, and he's got, you know, some great partners to work with. Trocek and Fast, I think, are pretty deadly with Svechnikov I think that is the line you know obviously that top line with Sebastian Ajo is is tremendous but to me that second line is the one that is going to cause the most trouble for the Flyers as they currently stand yeah Faust is a good guy who could do a lot of different things I actually did a book signing with him he's a tremendous guy but he's a guy that's very works hard uh knows his worth he got he got paid from Carolina and it didn't look great at the beginning, but he's really fit in. And he's a guy that, like, as a Swiss Army knife, and when you have the other two guys that are super talented, that's that's a good fit because he could play either way. He could play uh, an energy line or he could play with high-talent guys. Yeah, and, you know, as we've talked about before, Sebastian Ajo on that top line is absolutely a Flyers killer. Like, oh, he seems sure. to just be good for at least a goal. He'll if he doesn't score the first goal, he'll score something. He is, I can picture him sort of like if you're in the Flyers and he's like on the right side, he's getting the puck. He's either going to try a wraparound or he's going to go into the crease and pass it at the last second to one of his guys, and it's always a problem. Somehow, the Flyers have to know when he's on the ice. You have to try and neutralize him. I would I would match him up against Ristolainen and let him be physical with him. I 100% agree because like we've been saying, you know, when you're shorthanded like this, your your best bet is to play a more aggressive, more physical game yes. and Risto has to be a big part of that. And they started to do that in the Sharks game, but they never carried through with it. They got to carry through with it with this one. You got to do that for 60 against this team. I do want to talk a little bit more about the depth on this team because they have not only, you know, a really strong rookie in Seth Jarvis, but, you know, people talk about the Flyers' fourth line and that they're the ones putting in the effort. But if you look at Carolina's fourth line, you have Derek Stepan and Jesperi mm-hmm. Kakaniemi. Like, that is just a higher quality fourth line. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, Kakaniemi, uh, he's, he's getting goals this year. He's got the monkey off his back. He's earned his pay. Uh, Montreal should be ashamed of themselves what they did with him. They rushed him, and then they basically just sent him out of town. It was tough. He's a good kid. And Stepan's just a grizzled veteran. Like, he he still can play. He still can skate. He's, you know, he's a valuable two-way guy. 
sometimes I you know I've seen games where you know he's been a little banged up so they don't play him. But if you you have him around, he's going to still help you. Stepan's a a very good character to have. Well, it's a tall order for the Flyers tonight, but I think that this is a game which is going to show us who the Flyers are. Yeah. Absolutely. Are they going to let themselves get steamrolled by Carolina or are they going to put up a fight? We are going to get into our other team, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, coming up real quick. But first, we want to talk about our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue the march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year and they've got a new updated desktop and mobile website. So sign up today and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Talking about our AHL affiliate, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, man, they're having their own problems with COVID, (laughs) which has caused part of the, you know, issues with the Flyers and who they can have up on the taxi squad and all that. But they have Cal O'Reilly, Maxim Sushko and Isaac Radcliffe on their list, which was, I think, one of the reasons why Sushko didn't get the call up for the taxi squad. I think he might have otherwise. No, it makes sense. I feel for them. This is a tough year. Fans are still being very supportive. They have great fans up there, but this is a year where they're just they're struggling and they're struggling to keep the lineup, the team in the lineup. The Flyers are struggling to make sure they've got enough players so they have to borrow them from from Lehigh Valley. I mean, all teams go through this, but man, it's hard. It really is. I mean, there are guys in the lineup, um, you know, a few that they've called up from Reading, a few yeah. random PTOs. But, it, you know, it's getting harder and harder to recognize some of the names in the lineup from game to game, which is unfortunate, you know, again, because we want to see our prospects developing there. But we have sympathy, like they're doing what they can. But I want to give the Gold Star Award for this week to Mason Millman. Mm-hmm. who was back for his first game in the lineup since he was injured way back in October. And because of all this, he is a defenseman. He played forward in the game against nice. Hershey. He's got really, I mean, he, he is a very offensive player, though. So the fact that he played forward is not, does not shock me. And with his speed and everything else, he could do it. Oh, he was. I think he did okay. It's just, you know, his first game yeah. back, you would think he would get yeah. to play his own position. Yeah, yeah. The Phantoms had a bit of a short week, again, due to COVID. Uh, they did play last Wednesday at Hershey, losing 4-3 to three in overtime. We'll talk about that. Their other two games uh, we did talk about on the show were supposed to be played in Providence, um, but were postponed because of all the COVID issues with the phantoms and Tuka Rask to... just like that <laughs> I know uh, yeah we were supposed to see Tuka Rask in those games but he was thwarted by by COVID so they did get to play that one game against Hershey which was a bit of a roller coaster um 
you know, Hershey is second in the division, so a much stronger team. And the Phantoms gave up a goal 17 seconds into the game, which was not ideal. Um, The second goal that they gave up, so they were down to nothing. Um, It was very clear that Cooper Zach was not able to push the Hershey guy off from Mm. net front. And he just like muscled his way to, you know, get a garbage goal. And um, eventually they were down three to nothing in the second period. But then, you know. They stormed back into it, and Linus Sandine got his first goal of the season, so you will be happy about that. I was. And then they got goals uh, from Charlie Girard, again, you know, one of these substitute players that has Mm -hmm. come up and just done an admirable job. And Igor Zamula scored in the game. This was uh, right before he got called up to the taxi squad. Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, again, if Zamula's going to play in all situations, that's fine. Keep him down there, but at some point, he should start to get looks at uh, longer looks at with the big club. I think so too. I I certainly am upset about Braun being out from a personnel perspective, but man, like just to give Zamula another shot at it, I think would be really nice. Uh, Pat Nagel, you know, did his best. Thirty saves on thirty four shots, but the Phantoms were just way outshot in this game 34 to 21 they had zero shots on goal in that overtime so you know I think they were lucky to get out of there with a point but things are are kind of dicey there so I I do have to be more generous than I think I normally would be we do I mean you know they've done better lately Hershey is is one of those teams that's always going to be a problem I mean, I think we know what the deal is with, with the Phantoms. They are a decent team. They're not as bad as they were at the beginning. But if they play some of the real strong teams, they're going to have problems. They they really are. And, you know, I'm not sure what's going on with the team right now in terms of COVID protocols and tests. They're, you know, less forthcoming with information on that than they are at the NHL level. But right now they're scheduled to play three games this weekend uh, to a home-and-home against Wilkes-Barre Scranton, um, who are actually kind of close to even with the Phantoms in the standings right now. So that's an opportunity there. And then wrapping up on Sunday against the Toronto Marlies, who are very good. Yeah, the Marlies are really good. They're tremendous depth. That would be a a hard game to win. But, you know, the thing that gets me with the Phantoms is they're getting such good goaltending. You know, one of the better ones in the league and their goals for is kind of like pedestrian. Exactly. I think um, I would also like to give a gold star to Pat Nagel, who has come out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, not out of nowhere. He's he's. We've talked about him. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. in terms of expectations this season, um, he's come out of nowhere to really just backstop this team and just provide some stability. So definitely pleased with that. To go back to Lehigh Valley, they have good um, roasted um, almonds up there. On the uh, on the concourse, you get almonds or cashews, those roasted ones. Very good. Oh yeah, yeah. They, I love that arena. It is always yeah. a good time. Go to Chicken Beats and get some crab fries. You know. Yep. Even Tim Hortons is there. Yeah, it's it's a really fun spot. All right, wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing. You know, of course, around the NHL, people have been showing their support to the family of. Uh, 
Teddy Balkand, who was a high school student who passed away during a hockey game due to a really unfortunate incident. And it's just been heartbreaking, but also like it's been uplifting to see how many people have wanted to support his family and the school there. Cam Atkinson is from Connecticut and, you know, through the grapevine knows people who knows people from those schools. And he is uh, going to be supporting the GoFundMe for the family and is working on that. So keep an eye on Cam Atkinson's uh, Twitter account for more information about that. And, you know, our hearts go out to his family as well. They do. And then and Cam is a tremendous guy. He really is. I mean, he goes above and beyond. I mean, good for him. Absolutely. That'll do it for today's show. We'll be back again tomorrow where we will recap this game. We're playing tonight against Carolina. We're going to do our prospect profile and a little bit of mailbag. So send us in your mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can also email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen Locked on Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling.